Sex Club, Matt Tales After Hours. I'm Matt, your host and the creator of Matt Tales, 40 Years of Gay Adventures, the autobiographical erotica podcast. In Sex Club, I'll talk to guests about gay sex through the last 50 years, from cruising and phone lines to apps and cams. You'll hear tales from other guys and get to tell your own. Each episode will include a live moment, because you should never leave Sex Club until you get what you want. You only really wear a big watch when you're starting to like become a man. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm Andrew. I'm from uh, London in the UK. Um, I'm pretty kinky um, and also pretty not at the same time. Milo's kind of like my... Uh, uh, years ago, I used to be a pup and that was my pup name. And now it's kind of become my sort of... I suppose my, ma- my master's name, my kind of... Yeah. My persona when I'm doming someone. Yeah. Um, I, I've always quite liked that separation. So it's kind of separates a life out, I suppose, from when you're playing and when you're not. I think that I'm very much the type of person that I've made mistakes in the past and they are what's made me to this day. And I know those things that what I've done, what I shouldn't have done. And I don't regret them because, I mean, I regret some of the actions, but I don't regret the past because it's made me what I am today. And I think I think that's very important. And I I was very lucky to have a couple of people that sort of guided me in the gay world when I was younger. And I I sort of kind of referred to them as my gay dad, even though they weren't actually my dad. <laughs> I think right from a kid, there was a a friend of mine that lived across the road, and we were very close. Um, and I was probably I mean I was very young. I was probably thirteen, twelve, and he was the same age and we played a lot together and we, I don't really know how it started, but we sort of started being a bit sexual with each other in like, we'd go and build a camp in the woods and we'd end up being a bit sexual with each other. We played a lot. And I suppose you would almost say he was a boyfriend looking back, but at the time I didn't know what that is. And I wouldn't have sort of classed him as that. And things grew like I met one of his he had a boyfriend and I met his boyfriend and sort of introduced to a group of circle like a circle of friends of his who were gay and then one day I was like I think I made a joke and was like oh I'm like oh when I'm older am I married and he was like you you do realize that you're you're not gonna get married when you're older and I was like oh what do you mean like and then just kind of yeah it kind of just I didn't really know what gayness was and then just one day was like, oh, I think I'm gay. But I remember being introduced into a group of circles, a circle of friends, and had sort of played with them. Okay. Um, and quite weirdly, things went full circle. So I met a good friend of mine that became sort of my gay dad. And we went out, par- he took me clubbing for the first time ever. Mm. And I remember he left me in the middle of kind of what I would then at the time would have called an old man's bar, but it's just a, like a bear bar. And then um, left this sort of 15 year old lad in this bar and 
I was very scared. <laughs> and then he came back to me and he said to me, um, I remember saying to me, remember how you feel, how you felt then? Because obviously I don't, things then were a bit different of how people approached you. Like you would quite often be in a club, someone would walk past you and try and put their kind of a finger up your bum or grab your ass. And it was very like, there was no issues of people doing that then. And he said to me that remember how that feels and don't ever do that when you get older. And I kind of have always remembered that to the point now that when I go out in the club, I'm always looking at that, that young lad that's in the corner and I'm like, that's me. I remember what that was like just to make sure no one's doing it to them. I, I, I do feel that I was very lucky to have him and, um, yeah, it grew over time. It was kind of, I'd pop over and we'd watch like a film and, and I think a lot of my interests and a lot of my kind of like music tastes come from him because it's stuff that was always beyond and we, it did become physical and we did have fun together. And I was quite aware that probably I was a bit too young at the time, but at the same time I was like, well, I don't see an issue with it. When I finally came out, he was like, he was the one that was like, look, it's not going to be a big issue. And and it wasn't. <laughs> but yeah, and I, he kind of had a, an aura, like a, a calming and sort of secure aura with him. I always felt very safe around with him and just a very good friend. Oh, it's really sweet. That's oh, such a great, it's like a really great thing to have. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And for him too, I'm sure he fulfilled something that he needed to do as a, you know, like as a caretaker guy or whatever. He fulfilled something. Yeah. 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 And you had fun together, so fuck it, like, you're two men, do you know what I mean? Exactly, <laughs> like, exactly. I think, it, I think kink, kink and fetish, I think, are very different from each other. I think a kink is kind of something out of the norm that's not mainstream, yeah. but weirdly is mainstream for some people. And then I think a fetish is something that you often can't come without. And mm. and weirdly, so I think, for, so for me, this links quite nicely that my my gay dad, he we went out one day and there was a lad with him that we went partying with and I met him. He drove us there. To, he didn't drink. He drove us to this club. And then years later, I messaged him on Grinder and was like, Oh, I am. Oh, do you remember me? And he was not interested at all. And after me pestering, we went over one night to watch the Rocky horror show film film. And we ended up having a, about a 10 year relationship together. And so it kind of links quite nicely to, wow. um, but he, we'd gone to Grand Canaria and we were in a bar called Construction and I, I had no idea what any of this stuff was. And they were like, and it was a kind of sex bar, but it's, I don't know if you've ever been, it's a sex bar, but it's also kind of got a dark room and some kink areas in there. And I needed the loo and he was like, I was like, where's the loo? And he was like, oh, through there. And basically sent me through the dark room and my friends found that hilarious and i came back and was like oh there's a boy in a cage in there like slightly thrown by it and was like i've never seen that before and then he sort of introduced me to the suitcase under his bed 
which was some very nice restraints and it kind of grew from there really that I I really enjoyed tying him up and the smell and I found that it changed sex completely for me that it added this what was already exciting event made it even more intense and brought it to a, a, a level that kind of I was like I just was overwhelmed with it and very quickly realized that he I'm a very creative person and very quickly realized that learned his limits with stuff and we just played more and more and more and more and the kit grew and then was introduced to his friends and played a little bit with them and they were very they had very different interests and I learned their interests and yeah it grew from there really I mean I'll tell you that there's a thrill like you know I've spent more time um tied up than tying up I've done both but giving up that last limb, you know, giving up that, yeah. <laughs> giving up that last thing, no matter how many times you do it, no matter who who it's with, is still like a breathtaker. You know, it's like yeah, it's still like it's still a thrill. Um, and I, I, you know, I just learned that it's more about when you do it right and you're with the right person. It's definitely yeah. a power exchange. You know, so how do you yeah. know? So what is it? Tell me more about what it does does for you. Um, I'm always fascinated to know what what that exchange does for someone or what it what where it goes back to for you power change and the fact that i'm now in control um and i always say kind of i quite like the psychology side of bondage and where i think there's a lot of expectation where people seem to think that the sub is there to please the dom but actually i i see it almost the other way around that it's the mm. dom has got to learn the sub learns their limits and push them to the point that they want to be pushed, but will not take it too far. And I, I get a bit of a, like a shiver down my spine when I start a scene or start a session. And I feel kind of like a chat, almost like a change in me. And I remember the first time I dommed someone and I was awful. Like I was kind of like, Oh, sorry, would you mind moving over there? And like, and I was a bit like, oh, what am I doing? Like it was the most apologetic dom ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the bloke, the bloke I was in was just like, okay, like <laughs> that's great. That's great. Like you should have like your domin training badge on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like L plates when you learn to drive. Yeah. Um, I got really into puppy play, and I um I loved the the I could switch off. I'm a quite a hyperactive person, like, and I could become this kind of toy for somebody else. This pup and. Yeah. And I and the, the saying about the change, I could I couldn't just get down on all fours and become pup in front of someone. I had to be I would go into another room, become pup, come back out as pup, and then I would go afterwards after saying like I'd want everyone to leave or I'd go into another room and I'd come out of pup. And I think I carried that through into when I started to dom and top and learn stuff that I would because I used to play with friends, I would normally have rules where I'd say if I'm wearing this, I'm not your friend, I'm your dom. Like, mm. when that's not on, when I don't wear that, that's back, like, we're friends. And I used to draw that line quite a bit. That, And again, I would never get changed in front of someone. So it, it wouldn't be, oh, you'd see me dress. It would be like, no, I will come in. I am that different person, which uh, I think so is quite nice. Yeah, it's interesting. And it's like, so clear. And it takes away that sort of, like, change that you have to go through in front of someone you know it's yeah people yeah it's interesting 
Well, you've been in that role though. So you have, I think sort of the right to feel how you do about it. Having done it, you know, it's like, yeah. someone told me like, don't ever be with a Dom that's never been subbed. Like you can't. Oh like, yeah. Very true. There is always people on Grindr that are like, see that I'm into kink and they're like, Oh, tie me up and, and use me do this. And I want you to do this. And I'm like, not on your first meet, like, on the first meet with me it'll be at the most i'll tie your arms up even if we get that far i might not even do that it might be on your knees arms behind your back but i'm and i will i'll work up to that with someone and i feel there's got to be that definitely has to be that that sort of bond yeah between them before i get to the point of actually and i have played with people five or six sort of sessions adding new toys each time and then still got to the end of it and gone i just don't have that vibe from you that i can that you fully trust me and that i fully trust that you trust me <laughs> like what happens in those those sessions that like cross the trust line into a good place yeah i think i think i i like i always have an ambience and, and i think again this is my light inside of me but like we i have a, a a bit of a mood soundtrack i've got a certain lighting state that we put into our bedrooms so all the lights are down red dim um and I always like to start with what I call an inspection. So the lads on the floor on their knees, arms behind their back, a kind of a bit of te gentle teasing. I usually always make them wear one of my watches and that's like, that's definitely a given thing. Um, I like a lot of, a lot of edging, but intense edging. So well, quite often if they're not gagged, a favourite thing of mine is I'll get them to count down from a number while I'm edging them on their, like rubbing their head, lubed head. So it's very, very intense for them. And kind of if they stop or stutter, I'm like, no, start again, back to 10. Mm -hmm. And I quite like that game. And that that is in my mind, I'm not into pain. And in my mind, that's quite a control edge that, mm -hmm. but it's not pain. It is on the edge of pain. But it, in my mind, I kind of, that's, that I like that kind of pushing that that's a good limit to push with someone. Yeah. Um, um, I think edging is probably my big thing. I love edging guy. I think getting them right to that point. And I think that's a big thing to learn of someone as well, because you can very easily just make them come and go, ah. Oh. Um, but yeah, and I, I quite like to keep the scene quite fluid and dynamic. So like, feeling what's right changing stuff um i tend to always put like a, a nice rope or body harness on on the lad and then sort of take it from there fetish does bring a level of intimacy and it brings a level of intimacy that other people can't have not can't have but often don't have because they're not into that when you've got that bond of someone you're you've got that kind of sex bond and then you've got your fetish bond above that let's talk yeah let's talk about uh him wearing your watch can we talk about that yeah. Yeah. yeah so you know true confession you and i you know uh met on twitter <laughs> yeah. um over you know a, a sort of shared fetish i guess which is you know men's watches and i think you're a g-shock guy i'm gonna let you tell me but um you know it's just something that comes from me for, all the way from childhood yeah so everything you said mirrors me i think i was uh quite young um and one night I just felt really like, I don't know, it felt really naughty that I was wanking and I put the watch on. And it was the first, I think it was the first time that I 
came but didn't come i was too young to actually come like so and i remember being like this is incredible and it kind of became a thing from there but it had an ad like the wrong effect they made me not want to wear them even more around my parents or going out because it became a sexual thing i very obviously have a style of watch that i wear so g-shock invictors um usually big and bulky watches that yeah i quite often will say tell people and say i've got got any kinks and i've got this really weird kink and say i've never really had anyone say no i i'm in a very open relationship i've been with my fellow for 10 years now and we he knows about my kink and we'll go out shopping and he's like no we're not stopping at the shop come on <laughs> like and, I, and he i'm very kind of I'm very open with him but some people i'm like oh it's a bit awkward if it's you're okay with this let's go a little farther with the watch thing so like yeah. I, you know, i've done i've you know i've put mine like if i'm topping i definitely like put my watch like on them um yeah and I, like i'm i'm like i i i mean let's just be real here so like you know there's like touching it like i'll make him like sometimes i'll make as a younger guy like i'll make him like lick mine and stuff like that yeah. I'll have my arm around his face and make him like do it or sometimes do it with me um and you know like just things like that or or you know rub it against his nipples or whatever we're doing but I, if i'm fucking him um it's i love him like on his stomach spread out and like holding mm. like holding his wrist and stuff like that totally turns me on and when i'm ready to come all i have to do is just put my hand over it you know um, yeah nice so it just i mean I, that's me i don't know what, how you like what do you what is it what do you do to get off on it i think <sighs> one thing that really turns me on is if, if we've got a, a lad over and we're playing as a sort of a, as a couple um quite often like i'll put a watch on him and my fellow is very big he is hung he is massive so i quite often like i'll lay on the bed i'll have the lad on all fours over me where he fucks them from behind and i'll quite often sort of stick my wrist in their face and make them kiss and lick lick my watch um same yeah I, I what drives me insane is when you look down and you're fucking someone and you can see it on your wrist when you're grabbing on my hips i love that um but yeah and i'll often like i have once or twice used them as a cock ring on someone yeah. um but then realize it's a bit of a scene killer sometimes because it's so awkward to do um but yeah i usually make them wear them kind of like and just be always in my eye line really um but yeah and i, I just think it's always in eye line and it's always like yeah um i have this weird thing that if i'm in say i'll be out somewhere and i try sometimes if it's, i don't know why and i often think i'm an idiot for doing it but i'll often try and make my watch quite visible to someone that I find attractive. I was tied so I had a helmet on and a, a Krieger um, I haven't seen these for years but it's like a, a neoprene helmet protector that goes over the helmet and it's black and like I'm oh. sure they were made for the pervy world like they are tight fitting wow. like so you put them on and you cannot see them. They're, they're meant to put your helmet in it and then you can carry it but it's just, just wetsuit for your helmet basically. Very wow. tight. I was tied to the back of my ex's bike um, with some very visible leather restraints. I think they're called a, a tube restraint that goes up your arm. But so behind my back with my arms tied to the, to the um, 
like tied together and then so I could hold the, the grab bar at the back yeah. and then this Krieger Krieger on so I couldn't see with my helmet on my leathers on then with a harness on over my leathers and my boots were then puffed to my legs like with this massive and then was driven around where I used to live on the back of the bike I think I was even plugged as well I think I had a butt plug in and I remember I've after that like I think it made me come because I remember the vibrations of the bike like so I remember being like do not make me come on the bike because it will be very awkward because I would then be like just on timing um and I think we got I think I don't really know where we were but because I obviously couldn't see but we weren't far from home and I remember him revving the bike so that it vibrated like mad I remember coming and being like this is ridiculous <laughs> it wasn't until we got back that I was then like oh, all the neighbours probably would have seen <laughs> but yeah it was very very hot It was uh, quite a late uh, late night and I'd been working all week and had been very, very horny and had man- not managed to uh, have time to have a- to wank off. Um, and it was the first kind of downtime I had. And I was scrolling through Grinder and found a blank profile um, who messaged me uh, and was up for meeting. And I said to him, I kind of like need to see a picture first before we meet, I think felt a bit uncomfortable about meeting without knowing who you are um and he told me that if he, he could turn up and then just leave if i wasn't happy and if it didn't feel like he wanted to meet so we chatted a bit more and i told him about my watch fetish and kind of what turned me on and he said let's meet and i said okay come over but if if i don't think it's a match like we won't play so about half an hour later me sitting there edging on the bed for ages he knocked on the door and I opened the door and there was this kind of 20 something year old lad in gym gear with kind of an incredible athlete's body. He walked in and said to me, shall I stay? And I said, yeah, let, let's go. So we got into the bedroom and kind of passionately kissing, deep kissing. And he pulled his uh, hoodie off to reveal quite a hot ripped body. And he was wearing a, a Breitling Invicta, a Breitling watch. And he said, oh, I saw that you liked, like, we talked about the kink, which instantly turned me on. Um, and we ended up fucking on the bed. And he took his watch off and put his watch onto me, um, which made me throb instantly. And he said he could feel it. Um, we were proper sort of that got me very turned on and we were proper playing um, and he saw my watch collection on the side and ended up putting one of my watches on which at that point sort of tipped me over the edge um, and basically made me come which was very hot um, he ended up leaving kind of shortly after that and I didn't have didn't get his number unfortunately but it was a very hot session.
I'm Connor. I'm 30 years old. I live in San Francisco. Um, I grew up on the East Coast, um, but I've been out here for about five years now. As of this past Monday, you're like half my age. Um, yeah, Tony, yeah, it's hot actually. I think I was kind of a late bloomer, I would say. Like, so yeah, probably like freshman year of high school is when I like started to figure it out. And then sophomore year of high school is probably where I was like more like, okay, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. 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 When did it happen for you? What was your first sex? So I think once when I was 21 and then, yeah, then probably more consistently when I was 23. Yeah. Like after college, really. After I mean, college. Uh, senior, senior year of college, I started to have more uh, encounters. What was your experience when you came out? What was available to you at the time that you started to have sex with guys? Yeah, I think Grindr was, I think it was technically post apps. So I think by, yeah, when I was like 21, 22, like the apps were already starting to be used. I think like where I was, uh, I went to school in the Midwest. I feel like in the local community, people didn't really use the apps. Like they were like, there was nothing to really do on them. It was just like blank profiles. And so like, I mean, maybe stuff was happening, but I was like, oh, these are blank profiles. I'm not going to do it. So, so yeah, I really, but most of my, yeah, most of my sexual life has been like involving the apps, um, at least, at least a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, I never was in the before times. Yeah. Yeah. And is uh, the idea of cruising and meeting guys out and all that stuff, is that something that's been part of your experience? Yeah, not, not really. Honestly. Yeah. I think I, I think the idea of cruising is hot to me, like the idea of meeting people, but I think like, I'm kind of a, like an introvert. And so the, the idea of like, someone being totally new or random is like logistically like it just like makes me a little bit anxious um so i think like honestly the apps have been super great for me i guess for my situation of just like i can like virtually do some cruising and then sort of like hook into something or like have like oh this person's into that or this person is like a body type that i really want to uh, like explore and then i have like something to go off of and then i can like sort of engage from there but um yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm not I'm not opposed to it. I think like at some point, um, like a bathhouse scene or like public cruising might be on the table. I was actually talking to my friend um uh last month and he was like he cruises at beaches sometimes. And so I think he and I were like, he was like, Oh, come with me to the beach sometime and we'll cruise together. So I think that might be my, more of my comfort zone to like get into the scene. Yeah. I've never been to a bathhouse. Um yeah, I also never been to a sex party. I feel really lame, but <laughs> No, that's right. I feel you're like I hear about them going on, but I'm like, they're always at like 4 a.m. after some <laughs> party, and I'm like, uh, I need to find the ones that are more like at a reasonable hour. So. You want a brunch? You want a sex brunch? Is what yeah. you want? <laughs> exactly. Not too early, not too late. I feel like my early 20s, I was just like really like a little bit lost, even like sexually, especially, and I was just like, yeah. I don't really know like what my type is or who likes me, and I, I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself to be like oh like I don't know if people actually like me and stuff like that and so but I feel like toward my late 30s and now in 30s I'm like I feel much more sexually free and so I feel like yeah I feel like people have been like oh yeah your 20s are when you fuck around I'm like I feel like I'm fucking around right now I don't know like it's like just getting started I guess I don't know yeah I think I'm drawn to it's almost like masculinity is like being a man idea and then there's like this sort of like sexual masculinity that's almost like an aesthetic that we've cultivated i guess and so i feel like maybe those are two different things um but yeah because it's like i feel like 
there's been a movement towards making masculinity more like positive and talking about our feelings and emotions more. And I don't think that's necessarily at odds with like a sexual masculinity. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, I think that's a really cool direction that we're going, but I also really love just like traditional aesthetic masculinity um, in many ways. I think like for me, it's like, I love body hair on people. I love, uh, I mean, of course, masculine accessories, which we'll probably talk about in a second, (laughs) but um, yeah, I'm, I'm a sucker for facial hair. Like all those things just like suck me in. Um, even just like masculine, um, roles and things like that, like, um, teachers, uh, people of authority. I think there's a certain like power with that, that can hook into masculinity for me. Yeah. Really love, uh, like sports gear. And so I feel like that, that for me has actually developed in the last couple of years. I mean, I was always into it, but I feel like I really sort of like put an effort into exploring it physically and even with other people. Um, so like, I love like shiny shorts and which I think isn't like the sort of like Lycra compression shorts family of, of fetishes. Um, yeah. And just like, and then I think that crosses over into some like uniform stuff. So like dressing up in like sports gear, I'm working on like a, a baseball pants outfit right now, um, to play with. Um, yeah, I got some, I'm really into, uh, like scout uniforms right now. That's been, that's been really big for me. Um, yeah, honestly, for the past year, I've actually been exploring having sex with my friends more. I don't know, sex is being with someone that I like know decently well before we engage with sex. Um, and not even like romantically, like with like, like a, like a friend situation. And then I actually started dating one of my friends. Um, so that's been a really cool exploration for me and, and, um, sort of exploring very different, many different things with the same person. So, but then also like many different people in a new capacity. So I think that's, that's kind of been me for the past year. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. What, um, what made you, what was the first step in there? What was the first time that happened for you? And what is it that drew you to it? Was it that like an intimacy that's there or like what, what, what was the first time that it happened? How did it happen? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I guess like I've had sex with some of my like Twitter friends. So like people that I was, online friends with a little bit i mean friend is a strong word but we just like followed each other online good to know (laughs) (laughs) definitely on the table um so yeah i actually met up with um yeah my friend watch twunk on uh twitter or x whatever Um, so like yeah we don't we don't know each other super well from like uh just like an everyday life standpoint but we we talked for you know months and stuff like that and we, we met up and that was really cool and honestly like I feel like we started to become more friends after we started having sex with each other and like met up a few times and like we hooked up and then afterwards we we're just like, Hey, do you want to get Korean food together and just like chat and stuff like on, on like a friend level. So that was kind of cool. Nice. Um, but yeah, but then, so that was like sex to friendship. And then I also did sort of like friendship to sex. Um, yeah. Honestly, in the past year, I made a lot more like, uh, like gay, gay male friends or, or queer male friends um and so like I joined this kind of like bigger queer friend group whereas before I feel like pre-pandemic I had sort of you know like friends from all walks of life and stuff like that so um yeah and I don't know there's some sexual tension that comes with that and like you're like looking at each other and like oh they're a couple but they play around and like this person has like many people and so I'm just like sussing that out a little bit and of course like I don't I don't sleep with all of them I don't sleep with most of them but uh yeah and then I, I had a friend and um we like went on 
a friend, like we just like hung out together. And then afterwards we're like, do we want to make out with each other? Yeah, let's go for it. And then like, yeah. And then we, then we had sex and stuff. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that was kind of just a cool development. And we like sort of from the beginning, we're just like, Hey, you know, our friendship's the most important thing. Like this can add to our friendship or if we're feeling like it's weird, then we can pull back a little bit. And, um, but I think it's been, it's been a really cool, uh, it, it feels good that that's like, we're not having such strict boundaries between like yeah. partner and friends and acquaintance. Like it's kind of a fluid line sometimes. Yeah. Uh, if anyone wants to see some of the sex you had with watch twonk, they can look on your Twitter. <laughs> they can look on X and see it. Um, it's, uh, we'll give you, um, we're going to give you Connor's info at the end, but, um, it's uh, it's very hot. But as as someone who's your friend on there, like I I actually felt when that happened, I like when you posted those, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like they hooked up, like two guys from the site hooked up. So I was very aware of like that you hooked up. <laughs> let's talk about the let's talk about fetishes and kink. Um, let's just jump into that. Yeah, because it's it's you know it's the thing that brought us together here chatting today, and um, uh. I think it's, I think it's going to be interesting to get your 30 year old experience on about it, but like, how would you define what a kink is? Yeah. I was actually having an argument with my friend about this the other month. Um, yeah. I don't know. We were talking about like the meaning of the word kink versus the meaning of the word fetish. And like, yeah. obviously people can make different definitions and stuff. Sure. To me, it's almost like in my own like personal definition, I'm like a kink is something that's like like an object or like a situation or some, or like some outside force that like turns you on in some way. And I think like it could be, I guess, let me see if I think of the phrase like kinky or something like I could find leather kinky in a certain moment or something like that. Or I'm like, Oh, that person's outfit is actually really interesting. Like there's something about that that's drawing me towards them sexually. That's not like them themselves, if that makes sense. So it's almost like a, it can be fluid. And like, I could realize that I have a kink for like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I don't have a leather fetish, but I am sometimes feel that leather can be kinky for me, if that makes sense. We met on a fetish that's like mostly, mostly around men's watches and how sexual they are, can be to us and the connection we make. It's, it's a fetish page. I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for me, it was, uh, as much as I've been public about certain things in the last few years, posting my, that watch fetish episode of sex club, was like coming out again because now it's available. It's on Apple and Spotify. So like <laughs> anybody in the world can listen to it. Not just my watch boys, you know, um, yeah. so going from, from Twitter to that was, it took like a, a bigger breath for me than doing mm-hmm. Matt tells. I think than like posting my adventures. I think that watch episode was a big, big deal to post publicly Mm. Um, because I needed to be honest about about it and for me it started at eight years old you know or nine years mm-hmm. old and continues stronger I mean it's it's nothing that ever fades away it's mm-hmm. it's with me right now I keep looking at yours like I feel like I've always liked watches like even from like a young age I I don't know like obviously it wasn't I didn't fully realize it was like sexual until probably like high school but I was always like wow, that's so cool. I just like, like paying attention to it or something. Yeah. And I feel like for me, I grew up in like the, you know, like growing up in like the late nineties, early two thousands, I feel like it was sort of the aesthetic of a lot of, a lot of guys were just like wearing watches around. I think it was sort of that like beach surfer aesthetic. They'd like wear those like kind of 
fossil metal watches or like those cuff leather watches too those aren't in fashion anymore <laughs> yes but um yes and some and some g-shock the sort of like uh yeah even some crazy color g-shock watches um so i feel like i grew up them being around and like that being part of a masculine aesthetic for me um like all the cool college boys would wear those and stuff so i think that kind of uh hooked in um yeah and then i think also for me it was like uh actors and movies like i mean james bond always wears like nice watches and i feel like that's a way for me to explain it's people i'm like oh yeah james bond is like this really masculine guy and he wears this like <laughs> mega watch and they're like oh yeah i see like yeah like a suit and like a watch and he's like a spy and really cool so i'm like yeah um and for me the uh the the born trilogy did you see those um so yeah he wears like a tag watch and that was that was big for me in high school i was like the amount of times i jerked off to that to him uh <laughs> Uh, who is it Matt Damon wearing wearing that watch I was like yeah that was that was a lot for me um so yeah I guess I guess in like uh high school I was starting to be like oh I would like notice my my uh classmates wearing them and like teachers and stuff like that and um like coworkers and stuff so I think that's when I started to notice like oh I'm like really paying attention to this almost like yeah even before I was paying attention to boys I was paying attention to that if that makes sense and then I think, yeah, well, and then also the internet, like I grew up with the internet, like I didn't, uh, so I think like that definitely helped define my my sexuality. And like, I mean, like even in like high school, uh, I discovered Xtube and there was like watch fetish content on it. And I was like, immediately I was like, oh my God, this is like doing crazy things to me and like turns me on so much um when you discovered it like it's 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 surprising right like it's one mm -hmm. of those issues that you feel is it's so specific mm -hmm. and personal um that when you discover other people out there with it it's like mind-blowing yeah it was I'm trying to remember I feel like I found I mean I had like known that I had a watch fetish and I'd actually this is kind of hilarious but I would look up watches in the clip art of Microsoft Word wow and like it, it had like some stock imagery and stuff like that. And that's how I would <laughs> look at like guys wearing watches. And that was porn to me that wow. like people in my search history couldn't see that I was looking at that. And so I just remember doing that a bit. But then I so I like knew I had this like I was knew I was interested in watches before I was like watching porn. And then once I started watching porn. Yeah. Then I found Xtube. And it was almost like going from zero to 100 because it was like before it was just like own oh, a video they're like sort of wearing a watch and I'm like oh that's cool I like that video but it's not about the watch you know and right. then I got and then I found um I don't know if you follow him on on x or twitter um I think it's Adidas Hospi yes um him so I found his videos on xtube and that like blew my mind because he's wearing like three it's like he's wearing three giant watches and one is on his like around his cock and balls and he's like in a bathroom somewhere in Spain and I was just like, what is this? Oh, my God. It's like, absolutely blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. The new James Bond for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turns out James Bond puts his Omega around his dish. <laughs> Going into like a G-Shock shop or there was a Nixon shop when mm -hmm. I lived in New York down in Soho. And like, I'd have to prep myself. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's some tight underwear, like yeah, but like I'm mean, act normal, like just act normally. Nobody like act like would it but for me it was like going into a porn shop. Like I can go into a porn shop and my nothing changes. Like I just like I'm like, yeah, there's a 12-foot dildo there. Can I just see it? You know, like doesn't doesn't like nothing change. I'm not affected by going into a porn shop. Take right. me watch shopping and like I'm like, an, I'm like, I'm so stupid. I'm like, my heart is racing. My body's reacting. Like, I want to try one on, but I'm like, I want, I want it to be a guy who waits on me. Not a, mm-hmm. like, not a woman. Just, I need it to be something masculine that he can touch it, you know? Or when I go in and get like a batter, like get a repair, or whatever. If there's, I will like wait for the hottest guy behind the counter, mm-hmm. knowing that he's like actually handling it and where it's yeah. been. No, <laughs> yeah there's like nothing and then once in a while i try to get like a little shot you know like a little picture photo just for me i wouldn't post it of like the hot repair dude you know <laughs> just because he's touching it and stuff like when his hand like when his hands are on it it like drives me to insanity mm. like crazy you know yeah i've actually never been i don't think i've ever really been watch shopping like by myself like like, I feel like there are not that many watch shops anymore. Like, it's all, a lot of it's online. It's true. I mean, I, I get most of mine online and stuff. But um, actually, next week, I'm going to go to a, I'm trying to go to a watch, a, a G-Shock themed watch meetup. And I've never done that before. And I mean, obviously, it's like, not a sexual encounter. But it's yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm gonna have to go through what you're talking about of like, how am I going to feel? I'm like, am I going to get too turned on to participate? And like, what's, what's going to happen? I don't know. So we'll see. Yeah. You were talking about being with your friends. Do your friends know? About that's, kind of fun. that's kind of funny because uh, <laughs> so I mean, I, I have a I have a boyfriend and so he obviously knows and I've told him, um, although I waited a long time to tell him because I didn't I felt like I didn't want it's such a turn on for me that I was like, I want to make sure we can turn each other on without the watches and like not have it as a crutch because um, it's like it's almost like a vulnerable part of me. Like, it's like someone could manipulate me knowing this, like, it's like so powerful over me that like, uh, it was kind of vulnerable. And so I, I definitely waited a while to tell him that. Um, but I mean, he had a, he had a great reaction and he like loves wearing them for me and stuff like that. I feel like maybe it's like a, a slight kink for him now, like, cause I'm into it, but, um, but yeah, but then, um, yeah, I don't know, like most of my friends don't know, but, um, the one, the one that I've started hooking up with, I told him, uh probably like the third time we hooked up i told him because he was like we were just talking about fet- yeah he we were arguing about fetishes and kinks and i was just like oh yeah i have a really strong kink and so he was just like tell me what it is i just want to know and so i was like okay it's watches and he's like he was like really enthusiastic about it he was like it's so cool and i was like okay yeah it's it's pretty cool but like yeah and then he was like oh yeah we should like start getting people to wear these big watches around and he like he kind of went too far with it and i was like <laughs> no no we're gonna, we're gonna dial it back like i don't want you to wear this like this is very personal for me. Like, please don't like yes. start giving people big watches as presents and stuff like that. So, um, but it's I, I mean, very I, sweet. it's very sweet. <laughs> it was super sweet of him. Yeah. If I'm having sex with people. I'll, I'll share it. Or like oftentimes, like if I'm hooking up with like a one-off person, I'll be like, Hey, could you, could you wear this? Like, and honestly, people are super nice about it. Like no one has ever been like, no, that's so weird. Like people have been like, all right, that makes sense. Yeah. I'll put it on. Sure. I've been doing it for many years. And um, I always say there's tell a story. There's only one guy who said, one guy who said no, but I was curious because like guys that, you know, guys react um, by either saying, sure, like uh, or whatever, like, oh yeah, like I got this kind and I got this guy, you know, it's just like, it's a distant thing to them, but they're like, yeah, okay. Or they're like, 
oh, that's hot. That does look hot on me. Or like yeah. this, this, and something in them clicks a little bit. Yeah. Maybe with masculinity. I think it's maybe it clicks with their masculinity. Mm-hmm. And then there's the ever elusive third group, which is like, you too, you too. <laughs> and like, I've, I've met, I believe it or not, I have met like maybe two or three of those over, over the last decade that were like, holy shit, dude. I thought I was the only one. And I was like, welcome to our world. I'll let you oh my know. gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, that's- it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Tell me can, if you can tell me more specifically what it means to you. Like, what does it symbolize for you? What's the connection? Yeah. I don't know. That's an, that's an interesting question. I think there's, yeah, I was, I was kind of thinking about that today before I got on. Um, it's definitely like, just like for one, there's like a size thing. It's just like this big thing on your wrist. Well, mostly, hopefully big. Um, but I think it's just like this like hefty accessory that just like, you know, it's like shoulder pads almost like it just like increases your stature a little bit. And so I think that's like even even just like walking around your silhouette sticks out a little bit more and i feel like um that's like masculine for me just like you know a little bit of swagger taking up a little bit of space or like even just like showing it off a little bit i think there's some like showiness to that that i think is is sexy to me yeah i think for me there's also like sub like aspects of masculinity in them like there's different types of watches for different types of guys so there's like your james bond like classy or like they're like a an executive or like a boss or something. And so there's like this like steel, like maybe it's a Rolex or an Omega or something like that. Um, and so like, that's a certain aesthetic of like, I don't know, like suit fetish adjacent, I think like a lot of suit fetish guys also like incorporate a watch a little bit. So like, that's, that's one of them. Um, then there's like G-Shock, like a big chunky, like solid colored watch that's like digital. And that's like, you know, like a lot of like military guys wear that or like um, athletic, athletic guys, coaches and stuff like that wear that. So it's like, I don't know, I feel like I connected to all those other uh, masculine roles in some way like that. Um, so and I think overall, it's just like also for me, it was sort of like a becoming a man type thing. Like, I think it's like you only really wear a big watch when you're starting to like become a man and, or you go in for graduation or something like that. It's sort of like, I think in our culture, it's like a, like a coming of age thing almost. And I think that is also a sexy aspect to that of like, Oh, I'm like trying to look older than I am or like, you know, do what the older guys do. So I think as a, as a younger guy, that was, that was hot to me. And I think like, yeah, watching like college guys have watches. I think it's like, Oh, they're like trying to be more, a little bit more masculine than than accessing something like that that's like super hot to me yeah like maybe my friend in high school wore one and I'll track down that watch and so it'll have like or like I'll get watches that I've used from people or like I have them secondhand from people and then I like know who used to own it and so I think I associate them with that so I have a lot of like sentimental connections to to some of them right that's yeah it's cool you you can you can read someone's mind a little bit now like within you see a guy who does it or, or like a kid who does it and you're like Oh, I totally understand what you're feeling. Like you're, you know, some level of what you're going for. Mm-hmm. It is definitely an expression that like a lot of guys are shot. You're too shy to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys want to, but they don't because yeah. mm-hmm. they're too shy because it's too much of an expression. And it feels like it's too much. It's what you, exactly what you said, but to them, that's, they're embarrassed. They're too um, embarrassed. It's not negative. They're just too shy. Yeah. Too shy to do it. And those guys are actually drawn to us sometimes mm. 
because for me, I would add to what you said that we have the balls to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, when you, you know, so I see that in other guys who are wearing them, that you definitely, it's a choice that you've made yes. to wear that. And that choice has meaning behind it, you know, and yeah. I love the meaning behind it when I see a guy mm-hmm. doing it, especially like, yeah, like a college boy who does it, who doesn't have an Apple watch, who has like some, you know, big ass thing because you know, he wants to wear it to the gym or he jacks off with it or whatever his thing is, you know, you know that he has something associated with that. Even if he doesn't quite understand it or act on it yet, you know, on some level, mm-hmm. that's so sexy. Yeah, it's like they they can it's like I mean everyone you're like, oh yeah, this big G shock, like everyone's like, Oh yeah, that's masculine, like that's that's a thing, but it's like it's just like but like I think it's I mean obviously it goes in and out with fashion. Like in the two thousands, like I was talking about, like all the guys are wearing it. Like it's like you couldn't go anywhere. Everyone at least had one or something like that. But it's like I feel like nowadays, like people my age, they don't really wear it as much. And I think it just I mean it'll come back. I always try to wear it to like be like, Hey, I'm part of the fashion. Like I've actually I was on a bus once and uh, there was this guy also on the bus and his like girlfriend turned to him and was like, that's a cool watch. Why don't you wear a watch like that? Like, that's a really, like a big, nice looking watch or something. I was like, yeah, maybe I like made another guy want to wear a bigger watch or something like that. Fuck yeah. Oh, 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 oh. You're checking out of Sex Club, Matt Tell's After Hours. Throw your towel into the basket, and please come back for more hot guests and gay sex. Please leave a rating or review. Hit me up if you want to tell your story or submit your audio. Go to matttells.com and follow Matt Tell's and Sex Club on Instagram or Facebook at Matt Tell's Gay Adventures. You can always message the fuck out of me at matttellspod at gmail.com. Hey, this is Matt, your host. A special shout out to a good friend in Southern California for providing us with those beautiful sounds of fucking and sucking, also provided by your host. And check out my fetish page on Twitter at Watches Muscle. I'm Andrew from London. Um, you can find me on Twitter at GShockMud. And if you're the guy from my story, uh, you can message me anytime. Hey, it's Connor from San Francisco. You can find me on X and Tumblr at Conno Henner. C-O-N-N-O-H-E-N-R.